Hello, and welcome to The Creatives Project, where we talk about all things photography, as well as art and design, travel, and just life. Let's jump in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode eight of The Creatives Project. This one is an exciting one all about my next five months abroad. Before I get into it, I just want to say happy three months to The Creators Project and thank you guys for all the support thus far. It's been a freaking roller coaster learning podcasting and this entire new medium of art. And I'm so glad when I hear messages from friends or people listening to the pod. And I'm happy it's serving you in however the podcast serves you, whether you're into travel or photography or other creative mediums. So just a big thank you and virtual hug. When I go to Asia for this long, it'll be interesting to see how the podcast evolves and how the guests I have on the pod change. I'm really excited for that growth, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So first, let's just back it up, talk about the trip, my mindset, um, all about photography abroad, how did I plan it, everything like that. So this episode is more of a casual talking episode, but I've split it up into three different chapters just for organization's sake, and y'all can have an overview of what we'll be talking about today. So the first chapter covers what exactly the trip entails and where I'm going, my mindset while traveling, and why I even decided to take the trip in the first place. And chapter two is planning and how I personally plan all my solo trips. And the last section is about photography, photography abroad, what I brought in my camera bag, and my whole mindset going into the next five months, balancing photo and growth and goals within photography while also full-time traveling. So what the trip entails, basically it is five months, five countries, and I'll be doing a mix of solo traveling, homestays, traveling with friends or family, um, doing eco projects, and of course photographing all of it and working while I'm there as well. So five months, five countries, each country for a month. And I'm still ironing out a few of the details. I'm kind of a last minute traveler, especially for like very long, unstructured trips like this where I'm going solo. And I like to keep flexibility to be spontaneous, do short trips to wherever like people recommend me while I'm in the country, stuff like that. But here is the tentative schedule. So December will be Thailand, then I'm flying to Taiwan to celebrate New Year's, and I'll be there all of January, and then in February, I decided on China, basically to celebrate Chinese New Year's, which is like the middle of February, and I'm seeing my family there, and then in March, going to Vietnam, and then we're ending the trip in Indonesia for all of April. And I will head home back to Seattle at the end of April. But like TBD, as I said, I feel like I'm kind of a last minute traveler. And let's say in 
like anywhere along the way, if people are like, oh, I really recommend this country, you know, plans might change. But at least for the first four countries, I'm pretty much decided. But April is kind of a question mark. I'm like kind of set on Indonesia, but also I've heard so many good things about so many other countries. Like I feel like you can't really go wrong in Southeast Asia. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the tentative schedule there. And the whole thing is Loki batshit crazy. Uh, like just doing this whole sh- trip is kind of insane. But hear me out. This is my mindset. Like how many more times in my life will I be able to drop everything and go abroad, solo travel and experience life like this? Realistically, like probably not that many more times, especially while I'm young. I feel like the older you get, obviously, the more expectations and pressure there is to be a certain way, have a stable job, achieve certain things in life. And like parents, society, people in your life also conform to that social pressure. And like, I want those things as well. And as you grow older, I think it just becomes harder to take this much time off and yeah, just be crazy like this. So yeah, realistically, I was like, how many more times can I do this? Like I should do it now before I, you know, have any more regrets about this. And another thing I noticed, like while I was working my nine to five job, I just started noticing a change like within myself and my mindset. And Like I noticed I started to let go of certain dreams or things I wanted to do or places I wanted to long-term travel because of the stability of what that job gave me. And I loved it. I love having stability. I liked having my nine to five routine and I could see like my coworkers who have worked in that job um, love that as well. But at least I knew at this point in my life, I wanted to go to so many more places. So it was like scaring me to have that mindset so prevalent and like slipping. I felt it like slipping away almost. It sounds like dramatic, but (laughs) I feel like for me, it wasn't like a big decision or anything. I feel like as soon as I knew I didn't want to stay in my nine to five job for longer than a certain amount of time, Um, I was basically planning this trip. Um, So yeah, I think part of it was definitely fueled by that need to live life with no regrets, not to look back on this period of my life and be like, oh yeah, that trip to Asia I always wanted to take. Like, damn, I never went. So that was one part of it. And another part of it is... Like, I just feel like I owe it to myself and my family to go back to Asia. I haven't gone back in nearly eight years, but I used to go back like every three or four years as a kid, sometimes more often. Um, But the last time I went back to China, I was still 16. I had braces. I, yeah, my whole mindset was just completely different, like literally zero thoughts in my head. Like I just went with my mom and I feel like it's different when you go like with your immediate family and they're there to like walk you through everything. Basically, it's really different than going yourself. And 
yeah, I feel like my parents were immigrants here and just going back experiencing the homeland where literally all my family still lives besides my parents will just be very interesting. Like I feel like China is definitely the country I feel most scared to go to, even though I've been there like quite a few times now. I feel like experiencing Asia again as an adult will be so different. I don't have the crutches of my mom to lean on. I don't have my little cousins. Like I'm coming back as like a quote unquote adult sitting at the adult's table instead of the little kid's table more sure of myself with the intention of coming back to learn about my identity, my heritage, to honor those who came before me and will come after me. And my Chinese is definitely so much worse than eight years ago. And I know it'll just continue to deteriorate the longer I live in the US and don't speak Chinese. So I think there's also something about forgetting your native tongue the tongue that your ancestors spoke, and I'm the only one who speaks a different language, has a different accent than the rest of my entire family. So that makes me want to go back to not forget, to immerse myself again. I feel like there's so many complicated emotions and reasons of why I wanted to go back this year and took the plunge, but those are just a few. And yeah, one thing I'm really glad of after I moved to New York, though, is the Asian diaspora found here and how we connect over such different experiences of the Asian American experience, however they that might look like for others. But yeah, there's still a common thread. So I feel like definitely meeting people in New York pushed me to go as well. And kind of the last thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about this trip was the more I build the solo travel muscle, the more I'll learn about myself and about all these other places in the world I know nothing about. And I just like have those adventures because like the travel mindset or like solo travel mindset is a muscle. Just like any muscle you build at the gym, like the more you do it, the more like prepared and less scared a more seasoned you are in like these crazy experiences of traveling, which helps you like in all aspects of life, whether it be like empathy, creativity, independence, like making friends and putting yourself out there. So yeah, that's why I first decided to go and knew I was going to make this trip happen. This is the longest solo travel trip I have ever been on. I feel like five months is a short time but also like a long time it's like interesting thinking about time when you travel because like the more time you spend in a place obviously you're immersed in the culture more and like you understand everything more but even like a month in each country I feel like that's like barely scraping the surface of like getting to know locals building long-lasting friendships and like really getting to know the culture, the politics, the language that is spoken in each country. But I feel like five months is also a freaking long time. And I also planned it to escape the winter in New York, Loki. So I will be back right when spring is over and it's turning into summer. So that was another reasoning of planning it for me. 
And yeah, I feel like that was just my whole mindset at the time of when I was first deciding like why I should go basically. And it didn't take much convincing in my head. Um, but the more that I was thinking about it, deciding on the time period I should go, the more that I wanted to go for longer. And yeah, that was just my whole mindset behind it. So now I'm going to get into the planning of the trip a little bit. And I feel like the way I plan trips is kind of chaotic. So this is just how I do it and what works for me. I feel like everyone is such a different traveler, but at least for me and my solo trips, this is how I do it. This is going to be my, I want to say fifth country that I have solo traveled for extended period of time in Thailand will be. So yeah, I feel like the formula has worked so far. I've had an amazing time. So this is kind of a similar formula that I'm following. So basically when I travel, I usually try to slow travel or at least stay in the country for as long as I can. And when I have solo traveled in the past, that's usually around five weeks or around a month. So that's what I did this time. And basically, so far, when you're listening to this, uh, this is a little bit pre-recorded. I'm about to leave on my trip in like 48 hours. So <laughs> I haven't left yet. But by the time this episode will be out, I think I'll have been in Thailand for a few days at least. So I have planned Thailand out pretty well. And the rest of the country is literally up in the air, so I can only really talk about Thailand's plans for now, but basically when I plan it, I just narrow down like the experiences that I want to have rather than like looking up all the cities and kind of like going off the vibe of the cities, just because I feel like I'm not super a city person when I travel, so I try to, well, it depends on the country, but at least for Thailand, I was like, I really want to spend time in nature and minimize time in cities if I can. Um, But all up to you and like what you want to travel, like what you want to see while you're traveling. Um, So that was just my mindset. So then I was thinking about like the experiences I want to have in Thailand, like obviously nature, hiking, be in the jungle, Another thing is I want to go to an elephant sanctuary for maybe a day, two days, maybe sleep over there and like just get to know like how the rangers and activists protect the elephants. And then another thing I want to do is go diving or see the beautiful islands of Thailand. So that's all the way in the south versus all the elephants and like hiking is more in the north. And then the last thing I wanted to do is do some kind of like work away, which is where you work for in exchange for accommodation and food at a eco farm or some kind of farming project to learn more about permaculture. So those were my goals when I was going into the Thailand trip. But in terms of like the actual planning, so I took what I wanted to do, like the experiences that I kind of like brainstormed and like saw 
about like what is unique to Thailand that I really wanted to experience. And then I just like looked up the best places to do that in. So for example, all the elephant sanctuaries are up in the north. So I knew I had to visit Chiang Mai and take probably a like overnight train from Bangkok because I'm flying into Bangkok. So I knew I probably didn't want to spend too much time in Bangkok just because it's like a very, very busy city and I just want to spend as much time in nature as possible. But again, I am there for a month, so like I can spend like even like three days in in Bangkok and it still like wouldn't be that much time compared to like what I'm doing for the whole month. And like three days is a long time if you're like calculating for like a normal vacation of like, let's say seven to 10 days. So yeah, I'm spending a few days in Bangkok, but then taking a train up to Chiang Mai in the north and spending about a week and a half in the north. And I'll be in Chiang Mai, in Chiang Rai, which is another city close to Chiang Mai, but it's known more for like temples and cultural exhibitions and architecture. So, and it's a little quieter than Chiang Mai. So going there for a few days, maybe going to Pai or Feiyao, which are other cities in the north. No the north is colder, so Loki scared for that because I only bought like tropical things for now. <laughs> it's so, okay, tangent, but it's so hard packing for backpacking trips this long when you're in such different climates because I'm only bringing one backpack, right? And the backpack's not, like, a huge, like, 85 liter. It's only a 60 liter. And, like, for example, when I'm going to China, it's going to be so cold, like, snowing cold. And then parts of Thailand are kind of cold, like, in the north. Like, definitely, like, hoodie, jeans. Um, but then, like, when we go to the south, it's going to be, like, tropical, coconuts. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to bring in my backpack, guys. So yeah, that's going to be kind of funny to see how I fare in all these different climates because in the past with my trips, I have only gone, gone to one country, like I said, so it's been like much easier to pack. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so that is my plan for the north and then... I'm meeting my mom back in Bangkok when she flies in close to Christmas and then we're spending Christmas together in a tropical island in the south, probably around Krabi or we're spending a little bit of time before Christmas there. Um, so lots of diving, water activities, just like lounging by the sand you know, all the things that my mom deserves to do after working hard. And then for the holidays, we're actually spending it at the permaculture farm. So that'll be fun. I feel like my mom is very into permaculture. So I think that's why I kind of decided to look for only farm workaways this December. So yeah, we'll be spending time there and then flying out basically straight from the workaway, which is in southern Thailand as well in a like be smaller beach town, like very sleepy beach town to Taiwan. So that's the first month planned out. 
And I feel like I can do a whole nother episode on like how I plan like everything and like budgeting, stuff like that. I feel like that would be a whole another episode. But that was just kind of a quick walkthrough of the first month and like how I decided to like which cities I decided to go to and my mindset behind them. And yeah, I feel like every month will be very different. Like in Taiwan, a lot of my friends will be there. And like, that's a completely different situation because we might stay in a big Airbnb together, take trips together, things like that, which is really different from solo traveling. And yeah, I feel like every month, depending on where I go and the people that are going to be with me at that time, it'll just be a completely different travel experience. But I'm excited. It's five months. So I feel like different travel experiences will obviously make the entire experience way more holistic. And I get to spend time with a lot of my friends who are coming to visit, or I will get to see their hometowns, things like that. So that is the first month kind of laid out for y'all. As time goes on, definitely shooting in each country, whether that be personal projects, street photography, styled shoots, meeting up with other photographers, of course, and also keeping up with the podcast while abroad as well. I'm really excited to be connecting with other creatives while I'm in Asia and being able to talk with them about their creative process. And yeah, I'm excited to have this medium be a part of my trip. I feel like since it's such a long trip and I still want to be working on certain things, this is such a good way to meet other people, not only in Asia, but even when I was in New York or in Seattle as well. Like it's such a great way to talk to others, learn about their journey. And yeah, I'm excited for what's to come while I'm in Asia. So speaking of that, let's dive into photography abroad and my goals. What's in my camera bag, shooting film. So yeah, first of all, what's in my camera bag? So the way that I packed my bag, so I have like the big ass backpack, right? The 60 liter backpack. And then I'm bringing a much smaller backpack that is a camera backpack. And even within the camera backpack, I have to be very choosy about what cameras and film I want to bring since it like both of these are carry-ons and also, like, since I'll be backpacking around, I don't want anything to be broken or stolen, knock on wood. So, yeah, I have to be very careful and intentional with what I bring. So, this was my mindset, like, for the last two months in New York. I was like, what the hell kind of camera do I bring? Like, maybe I need to buy a new camera for this trip. Like, what do I do? So, this is what I decided on, and I'll kind of explain the mindset, the reasoning behind bringing each camera. So number one is going to be my Canon R6 with a 35mm RF lens, and that is like my workhorse camera, my 
client camera, the camera that I use for like 99% of my client shoots. And that's because it's a great quality camera. It's really good quality. I just bought it a few months ago, upgrading my old Canon mirrorless camera. So this is the best camera ever. And yeah, it's just going to deliver some creamy ass images and the lens that I decided on. The reason why I decided on a 35 is because number one, it's light. I was not going to bring my 28 to 70 or any of like these heavy lenses. And number two is because it's a wider lens. So it'll allow me to capture more of the environment and landscape shots and things like that. When I was studying abroad in Ghana, I only had a 50 millimeter the whole time and I felt really restricted by that. And I didn't end up going to any camera stores while I was there. So I was just shooting 50 the whole time. While it was very, I guess, like limiting to shoot, which limitations can be good and important for me to develop like a understanding of what 50 millimeter looks like in so many situations. I did wish I had a wider lens. So I think 35 is perfect. 35 is like my go-to now. I rarely shoot with 50 unless I'm taking closer portraits or like only portraits, but I'm only taking one lens. So 35 it is. I feel like because I'm being selective with my camera gear, it'll just allow me to just know that camera system so well, know that focal length so well. So that are those are the pros for only bringing one lens. So that is my camera setup, but that camera usually doesn't inspire me as much because it is a client camera. I feel like it delivers amazing images. It's like the perfect camera, but it's heavy. It's a little chunky. It looks like a big camera. Like I wouldn't look at that and be like, oh, I'm inspired to like take this photo of dew in the morning on these leaves. I feel like like, I could do that with this camera, but I feel like a smaller camera would obviously be better because, like, you can just throw on yourself and go. So that's why I bought a Olympus Pen EP1, and this is a type of camera that you can just throw around. It's really, really light. It has a zoom. I think it's, like, 14 to 45 millimeter, so interesting focal length, but we'll play around with it. I honestly haven't shot with it too, too much, and I bought it specifically for this trip, and it's also not that expensive, so if it breaks or if I, like, drop it in the water, I'll be like, oh, oopsie, so it's not, like, the end of the world if I, like, something happens to it. For example, if, like, I was wearing the Canon R6 in, like, a boat and I dropped it in the water, like, that would be so sad. Like, I would be sad for the rest of the month, probably. But if I drop the Olympus, I'm like, oopsie. Like, and that's the kind of mindset I want while I'm traveling because I don't want to be worrying about my cameras. I just want the camera to be an extension of me to capture the moment. And the other reason why I decided on bringing the Olympus is because it has a changeable lens so I could buy another lens for it while I'm abroad but it's also relatively simple to use can capture video and 
it has great images. It's manual, you can shoot in raw, but it has like a little bit of a point and shoot quality where I feel like maybe I'll just leave it on auto and treat it kind of like a point and shoot on digital because film is going to be expensive. I already know. So those are the two digital cameras that I'm bringing. And then I'm bringing one more camera. That is my trusty Canon Telemax film camera. So this is a film camera that's been with me the last six months. I think I've talked about it several times on the pod, but this is my favorite film camera. The images are crisp. It's really easy to use, takes batteries that are found anywhere, and is a zoom lens as well. So I'm taking that film camera and I'm bringing seven rolls of film. I don't think I'm going to use that much film while I'm in Thailand just because I don't like or I don't shoot film like that fast I feel like well okay I guess we'll see when (laughs) I'm there but I feel like seven rolls is a lot for me just because I feel like the amount of rolls I shoot in New York in a month is probably one to two so I'm traveling okay I'm like oh maybe it's double that so I'm thinking four if I just brought three more you know just in case and like I can use them in other countries as well. Um, But I know that at least, I'm sure in Bangkok, but in Taiwan as well, the film is going to be crazy. So I know I can restock then. So the seven is just for Thailand if I decide to go crazy with film. And the films that I brought were one Portra 400, one Kodak Ultramax 400, three of the Fujifilm 400s and two of the Fujifilm 200s. So that is the film that I brought. I'm super freaking excited to shoot film abroad more intentionally now. I feel like the last time I've traveled internationally, I just didn't know that much about film. And well, compared to how I do now, which is probably what I'm going to say a year from now as well. But I feel like I'm just learning about film and photography like so, so much every single month, year. So then when I compare like the travel photos that I took like a year ago, I'm like, damn, why did I bring that camera? Why did I shoot that film stock? Um, So it's just funny to see your journey. So yeah, I'm fucking prepared this time. I am not playing around. (laughs) I brought a lot of film. I have them stored in a special baggie so it can get hand-checked by security. And please get your film hand-checked because the new scanners, like the scanners where you don't take your laptop out and you like can keep your shoes on, those scanners will destroy your film in like one pass versus other x-ray scanners like the regular ones that are usually at the airport where you like have to take off your belt and your shoes and your laptop and stuff those like if they go in will be like okay like they aren't the best but it should be okay versus like these scanners will kill your film shot or unshot so just a little reminder to get your film hand checked and I've actually been following along with some like film forums and depending on the airport some airports won't even hand check you you'll have to get like a special form so if you want to do that 
please do your research before because yeah I just feel like oh I'm already getting anxiety if I go to an airport and they won't hand check your film and it's one of those special scanners uh, okay hopefully that just won't happen we're just not going to think about that but yeah just a PSA I also wanted to talk about goal setting and how to continue a creative passion while full-time traveling. And in my situation, I feel like it's very interesting timing because I just quit my full-time job three months ago to pursue photography, and now I am going to be traveling for five months. But, like, it was all part of the grand plan, I guess. Um, Like, I knew I was going to take this trip, like, long before I even decided to quit my job. So I knew this was coming, and I feel like the trip gave me even more confidence to quit my job earlier and have those three months in New York just focused on photography. So yeah, that was kind of my mindset behind it, but it'll be interesting when I'm actually in Asia and like practicing photography and learning new things compared to when I was in New York. So my goals while I'm in Asia are to, number one, work on a long-term photo project, number two, meet other creatives in Asia, and number three, just have a more profound respect for photography and the art of capturing like everyday life. I feel like in this time period, while I'm in Asia, I don't have to focus on commercial work or money for work at all through photography. I can solely focus on just like improving my art, trying different things, making photos and videos, even if they suck ass. So that's my mindset. And I'm so lucky to have this opportunity to be able to do that for such an extended period of time in these beautifully photogenic places. So I felt like my time in New York was up. I wasn't burnt out, but like the energy of the city, while most of the time I love it, it's also a lot. It feels like I had so much to do, not enough time to do it, like almost on this treadmill of like shooting, editing, delivering, posting on social media, doing this all over. And I'm just really excited to take this time to not really focus on the same goals I had for my photography as I did in New York. And just look at photography very differently. I feel like there's lots of pros to that type of mindset, like that grinding and you get better at commercial work, client relations, um, like shooting as well in a different way. But since I have this long period of time where I can just focus on other things in my photography because of the lifestyle that I'm going to have. Like, we just got to take it by the horns. So for the long-term photo project, I definitely want to focus on capturing a specific part of life in Asia and capturing the Asian diaspora in different life stages. I don't know exactly what it'll be. I think we'll just have to see once I get there what I feel inspired by while I'm there whether it's like the street markets, the elders, 
um, just everyday businesses or moments that I see. I'll definitely update you guys, but I've been wanting to work on a photo project for a long time, like a long-term photo project, one that doesn't really have a specified end date and I can create a huge body of work towards. So yeah, I'm excited to start that while I'm in Asia and I feel like the trip has like jump-started that because I've, I feel like I've talked about doing it or thought about doing it while I was in New York, but just never got around to probably because I was distracted by all that came with commercial work. So I'm super excited to work on that and just see where that leads me. I think personal projects can lead to even more growth than commercial ones because you get to experiment with so many different things, whether that be lighting, gear, models, asking people who aren't models to pose for you, um, just so many things. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And of course, meeting other creatives in Asia is going to be an adventure. I think the podcast will aid a lot in that and just seeing how the work culture and photography community in Asia and in different countries within Asia is like. I think just seeing how that is will be very interesting, whether that be different types of cameras, different film stocks to not the technical side of things, just more like how is the industry here? What kind of photos do you make here? Like what kind of techniques do you use? And seeing all of that. So I'm really excited just to connect with people there and just solely focus on a less, I guess, less pressure situation to improve your art because with a certain amount of pressure, obviously your art can thrive, but also without pressure, your art can thrive in different ways. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I think for like the last year that I've been in New York, it's been a different mindset. So uh, I think I'm ready to try this new adventure and see where it takes me in my creative journey and personal journey. So that wraps up episode eight of the Creatives Project. Thank y'all so much for listening, supporting the pod, and yeah, I'll see y'all in Asia.